0: So my issue with the Mandalorian is that I unfortunately read a quote apparently from John Favaro, Favaro,
1: whatever. No, I think you got it right the first time.
0: (laughs) Favaro, John
1: Favreau beans.
0: (laughs) Favreau, who weirdly does anyone else remember?
1: Oh, nice Chianti and some favreau beans. No. No. No, that's not re- <laughs> not ringing any bells. A little Silence of the Lambs.
0: But remember, he was in Friends. He was Monica's boyfriend for a couple episodes. Yeah, he's been in a lot of things. He's been in many things. Anyway, so the 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 quote from him was that there's no real plan for the Mandalorian. They're just going to keep going with it like week by week, like, and that bugs me because then that's what happened with Lost. When you don't have a point to the story. It's going to end badly. I mean, we
1: saw that with the Star Wars sequels. There was no overarching plot or story, uh, and yes, that
0: and so to just be a bad like situation uh-huh.
1: for everyone involved.
0: Yes, I just, and I also feel like there's just I love Star Wars as we all know, but I think there there I also love Drag Race uh, again as we know, but there's too much of those two things right now. Mm. There's all there's like four different drag races on at any given time. They're all kind of the same. And the magic of it has kind of like dwindled for me. And it's the same for Star Wars. I'm like, oh, fucking.
1: So you're oh, saying you're anti-drag. <laughs> bold bold <laughs> statement here.
0: <laughs> no, I love, I, and I love drag, but I don't like formulaic TV shows and entertainment where this is the episode where now the Mandalorian, like Mando is going to go and save a small town from a corrupt sheriff. Next then, like it's always the same. Like I could guess what it's gonna be. And that's sad because it, I thought it had so much promise. So I'm kind of on the fence right now.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. I felt like the first first episode was a little of season three here of the Mandalorian yep. was a little a little stilted and a little bit jumbled. Like it just yeah. felt like it wasn't the sort of nice encapsulated story that I want yeah. from an episode. It felt like four different setups to things that Feel unnecessary to have all set up at once.
0: Well, and they're not using Katie Sackoff to her full potential. I mean, just let yeah. let her let her fly, people. Come on.
1: I'm sure Katie Sackoff's just happy to still be working. Yeah,
0: which is just shock. what happened to some of the. Find folks of Battlestar Galactica, which we should probably talk about one day. This
1: is the thing. You do you do genre fiction shows, right? And I feel like you you end up either continuing to do genre yeah. fiction stuff forever and and be that it person if you're lucky, or you just sort of get considered not a serious actor by, you know, the establishment and they move on past
0: you. Which is a shame. And I think I agree, like true for like ninety percent of the actors, but then you have people like Pedro Pascal and Adam Driver. Who are just, they can be in anything. Serious actor about like drug cartels, boom. Kylo Ren moves to some very intense political things. Like it's, it's impressive how they're able to do that because most people can't.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or actors that are in those kinds of like you say like those really like typecast type roles it's hard
1: I absolutely agree about Adam Driver uh best part of the sequels I think everyone more or less agrees I just watched a movie with him called White Noise which was
0: yeah is it any good did you like that it
1: was interesting I was compelled I had a hard time understanding what was going on for a while Mm. um and then eventually i think i just sort of was like okay this is this is what this movie is i'm just going to enjoy <laughs> it um i don't think i'm ready to litigate that film and my feelings okay. on it at this okay. point but it was compelling enough that i watched the whole thing and adam driver i think is a, a large part of why that is uh and in this in this flick he's playing a sort of literary professor with a um a comb over (laughs) yeah with a comb over and like a family and uh like relationship problems and um it's just a very different role for him it feels like a stepdad sort of role for him uh in in such an interesting and good way yeah uh and and it just reinforces what you were saying about his his range and his uh sort of captivation on on screen he's great
0: now I'm gonna I'm gonna share
1: a secret with you, Ben. Yeah. You ben. are Adam Driver. You've been playing oh. Lexi for the last Whoa, 42 reveal. episodes of Dork <laughs> Matters. Oh my God. Adam Driver, you are a unique talent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love Adam Driver. Like he is.
1: He's on your list.
0: Um, he's on my list. He's the top yeah. of my list. And sometimes people Ooh. are like, "Huh, really?" No, no, I, get I love it. him absolutely. Right? Yes. Yeah. He's got range. He's got passion. I I read once that he loves dogs a lot, and I was like, "That's all I need. We're good." As
1: John Oliver would say, he wants to <laughs> climb that tall oak and yes. sleep in its branches.
0: <laughs> I I love Adam Driver.
1: We could all just be like Wookies. We'll just set up a village in his, uh, his strong, strong, strong arm. limbs. <laughs>
0: Have you seen – I think it's called Marriage Story where he plays – he's getting divorced from Scarlett Johansson.
1: It looks intense, uh, so I've never watched it. I've only appreciated its meme-ability. And
0: and that's why I love it. I actually haven't watched it either because, as you know, really intense things I can't watch these days. But Mm -hmm. my favorite meme meme of it is this girl pretending to do a makeup tutorial. And there's one scene apparently in the movie where he's really upset and he's like pounding the wall because he's so angry. And the girl is putting on her makeup, and she's like, "Oh, somebody's really upset next door, and I fucking love it <laughs> so much. It's just so funny."
2: I can't believe I get to know you forever.
0: Oh my god!
2: And you're Did you hear that? Bleeding. Are you
0: kidding me? I think you just like I punched a out. wall or something. Already lost. You love it was me. fucking intense i don't know like do you do LA? if you can't be in a relationship without punching walls like so maybe you shouldn't be together all right well
1: uh that's gonna be one of those things <laughs> that we we link in the show notes you know <laughs> for now i think uh we should probably jump into you know the show as adam driver would say because i think he speaks french Does he? let's go
0: Are you laughing? Because <laughs> my little like dancing like a cat just got me my standing goal.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, great! Uh, good job, Apple Watch. Very intelligent uh, programming there. Uh-huh. You know that's a good segue. Uh, you know, welcome back. This is Dork Matters, a dorky podcast for dorks. I'm your dork dad, host Ben Rankle, and with me is your Ed Dorkator, Lexi Hunt, and we're talking about robotics. We're dorking out about the robotics.
0: Robo
1: Domo erigato, Mr. Roboto. That's right.
0: I love robots. Well, I'm conflicted about robots. I love the entertainment representation of robots, but I'm scared of the real life ones. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, it's a little bit of both for me, and that actually brings me... Where I'm going to need your help staying focused okay, and, no, and moving task. along here because... yeah. Uh, there's a lot about robotics that I really am illusory about and like dorky about, but I think that's a good place to start. What is it about robotics that you're dorky about that gets you, you know, interested and intrigued and I don't know, dorking down the dork hole?
0: I mean, if if anything, oh, it's the ability to make life easier for more people that I think is mm-hmm. the the grand, overarching, awesomeness of robots. And also the idea that one day they will become sentient and kill us all. That also kind of like cool, but also scary.
1: Sure. That's one side of it. The other uh, possibility is that we, you know, to borrow a biological term, evolve into uh, Mm -hmm. cybernetic or robotic creatures ourselves. Um, And that's part of what intrigues me. Transcendence, human transcendence, uh, as well as the utility. And then, you know, we got our Roombas now, our, our digital toasters, our fridges that tell us when things are rotting. Um, we'll get into things that scare us about robotics, but I think maybe if you're willing to take it, we need a little bit of a, a, def, a definition yeah. of robotics if you'll, if you'll give us some etymology, some background on, on the terminology.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, so thanks to Wikipedia, we have the following information that robots, or as some people would refer to them as automata first really came about or were spoken of in these mythical tales from ancient civilizations, namely Greece, China, and I think Egypt. And it was basically human-like entities or living creatures were talked about in stories, and they were brought to life to help humans perform daily tasks, kind of like right now.
1: Is Pinocchio a robot?
0: No, he's a, he's a, he's a puppet. He doesn't right, have any internal right. systems. Sure. And that was the whole thing that, like— That's important, the The um depictions of these things were that there was some type of working system or some type of magical element that made them come alive, other than, well, you know what? Maybe you're right because um, one of the early depictions was of the clay golem that is very popular in many folk tales, whereas specifically I think in Prague um or in Jewish cultures, where there's this clay golem where you write something on a scroll and put it in their mouth. And then the golem comes alive and performs a task. So maybe Pinocchio is kind of like a robot because like the fairy performs magic on him and he comes alive.
1: Sure. And so this is another aspect I think we got to talk about is the difference between machines and robotics. And and it's sort of, uh, it's sort of wishy-washy to me, but like I would argue that Pinocchio went on strings manipulated by a human Machine, yeah, uh, that's the point. Yeah. brought to life with some sort of magic blue fairy circuitry is uh, is a robot at that point.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good point. So maybe like a machine, it performs a function, but a robot is meant is kind of like a like a cyborg or something.
1: Well, cyborg is a whole nother thing,
0: and that's that's it's so complicated. But okay, so anyway, um, lots of stories, and then we start to see some actual physical representations. And so some of the most famous ones come from Leonardo da Vinci, where we see his different parts, like the robotic parts, like all the different steam generated machines and like things that move. You need gears and crap inside of um, objects to make them move. I'm really making sense here. Uh. No, it's good. I mean,
1: it's it's a bit, I think this illustrates the idea that robotics uh, are really conflated with cybernetics and, uh, you know, like AI as well. And it's all wrapped up together, yeah. but separate things. But like the big difference for what I understand and read about was basically robots can self-govern and, and complete a task without external manipulation or triggers. Yes. You know, uh, versus like a human. So like car, machine, because it needs to be driven by a human, autonomous yes. car, robot, because it can yeah. perform that function without there you go. Uh, external external stimuli without a human, human, you know, functioning as, but then it needs, you know, like the AI or the algorithm or whatever.
0: To start it. Well, to be,
1: to replace the human, to replace that. Okay, I see what you're saying. That that external trigger. We don't know enough about robotics. (laughs) We like robotics.
0: We like robotics, but it's, it's so complex because it isn't just about robotics it's about like the philosophy and things behind it but like i think in the show notes we need to link to this video of this japanese robot that's from the 1700s and oh you know, again to be clear i'm trying to get
1: linked to that the
0: video is not from the 1700s the robot is from the 1700s no
1: it's a secret camera somebody went back in time, <laughs> time.
0: lexi has just <laughs> has just proven time travel wouldn't that be amazing? I, I would go see this robot, but it's, um, it's a not kill Hitler? Robot. <laughs> <laughs> God, I just can't yeah. win today. <laughs>
1: Sorry, this is my thing tonight. I'm just going to look for opportunities to paint you as a- Oh, uh,
0: so you're saying you love like, Hitler and hate drag. Cool. Like, no, 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 no. Absolutely no, no.
1: I am giving progressive <laughs> and lovely and constantly self-improving uh, co-host Lexi here a hard time. <laughs> But I, uh, we would not be here if we were the type of people that weren't trying no. to be better. Uh,
0: exactly. We're working on it.
1: Ethically, morally, or physically via robotics.
0: I mean, really. If we wouldn't have this podcast if it wasn't for technology. But the robot, it's, it's a, a whole series of gears. And when you pick up a cup of tea and drink it, the robot leaves and then comes back to collect the cup. And because of the weight difference of like now the empty cup, it knows to return back to its original place. And it's a, it's a really cool little robot because it's the the precursor to um, cyborgs because it is intended to be this like humanoid life form that's performing a task to help society out a little bit more.
1: Uh, so is that considered a true robot then, or like an automata? Because when I was looking this up,
0: probably automata. Yeah,
1: sort of like our our Turk yeah. from our chess episode. Yes. Yeah. Sort of manipulated from elsewhere to perform a function, but it's still a, a very fascinating mechanism. Oh yeah. Um, did you look up like first robot at all?
0: Uh, yeah, the first robot, uh, the human first humanoid robot was named Eric, and um, in the United States, is
1: this the George C. Uh, George C. Duvall person? Uh,
0: I in I don't think so. It was. A different person.
1: We both got different first robots. I
0: think a lot of people, or a lot of different places or societies, or whatever, claim to have the first robot. This one, the one that I found, is from 1928, Mm -hmm. um, Eric, and was exhibited at an annual exhibition in the Model Engineer Society in London, England, and was said to have been uh, invented by W.H. Richards. And it was basically hot water
1: richards w <laughs> h <Hot> wa-
0: <laughs> richards
1: hot water richards no
0: water hot richards
1: oh did i get W-H. the <laughs> i have a learning problem <laughs> don't make fun of me
0: no, it's, but it was um, remote controlled. And so he, Eric could turn his head and move his hand through robots.
1: Right. So external sim- stimuli. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So we're getting closer though. Yeah. What did you find? Um, oh, you know what? I just found a uh, water hot Richards here <laughs> with George. <laughs>
0: and George was Eric's brother. So George came after uh, Eric.
1: Um, the one that I found was uh, 1960. Uh, a 1960 gentleman uh, named George Duvall uh, mm-hmm. created something called the unimate or unimate i'm gonna go with unimate <laughs> that sounds better um which is uh he's from louisville kentucky and is considered the first uh sort of robot robot mm. in that it did not require uh, some external uh trigger mm-hmm. um i'm trying to understand exactly how it worked but people are bad at writing <laughs> and uh i can't learn things if people aren't good at <laughs> write right better world Yeah. How am I supposed to sound smart (laughs) on a podcast if y'all don't write better? (laughs) Just kidding. Nobody thinks I sound smart. (laughs) That's not true. That's Lexi's job is to sound smart.
0: No, not at all. You're very smart.
1: All right. Well, let's keep moving. Robots happened. Somewhere in the 1900s, we, we start getting real robots. Yeah. What's next on our sort of timeline of robots? Then programming comes into it
0: yeah, then we start moving into like the more current age. So we'll say that in the early part of like the twentieth century, robots were invented by some folks, probably in many different places all at the same time, in and around there. And then now we're looking at more complex versions of AI and autonomous work. I don't know what the hell you'd say that, like it's in everything now, um anywhere from like our cell phones, the technology we use, the self-driving cars, and if you're aware of things like um, Boston Dynamics and the robots and exoskeletons that they're creating to help with different Mm -hmm. tasks, it's both exciting and terrifying to see how the world is progressing into this next stage of.
1: Yeah, I think technology. anybody that's watched yeah. one of those Boston Dynamics dogs yeah. like chasing somebody down and knocking them over in the woods and then ripping their insides <laughs> out with their weird camera face.
0: Oh, yeah, that video. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> just Google it. If you haven't seen it, it's there. I promise. Just keep looking for it.
0: Those videos are so upsetting because I know they're doing it to prove the point that when the the robot is shifted without like uh, expecting it, it can right itself. right? But it looks so violent so to violent. see this robot dog walking and then someone kick it. And you're like, no, don't do <laughs> right. that.
1: And we make these things look either like ourselves or like creatures that we're supposed to care for. They, yeah. could, they could be anything, but but we've made them things that we care about or are supposed to empathize with. So how are yeah. we not supposed to feel like, it's fucked up exactly. when uh, John C., roboticist, robotnik, (laughs) decides to, you know, punt, punt one of those robo dogs. Um, So I wanted to say robotics and artificial intelligence are two related, but entirely different fields. Um, So robotics are about, you know, the, the mechanical physical objects that uh, perform the tasks without further intervention. And AI is the systems that are supposed to you know, take, I think I touched on this a little bit with autonomous cars, but, uh, take our place and, uh, you know, create those abilities for the robots to, uh, make decisions or learn and, uh, upgrade on their tasks and performance.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: that's, uh, that's the stuff that's interesting to me. Have you ever looked yeah. into, well, what's next on our list here? I, I don't want to jump around too much.
0: Um, I think next on the list that I have in front of me, we were going to talk about our our favorite representations of robots in pop culture. Well, this
1: is always a fun one. Yeah. What do you got? Hit me.
0: It's hard because like I was trying to keep it to like top five. Yeah. But there's so many that I was like, ah, I don't know. It's it's.
1: I got about seven. Let's just talk about whoever we want. Okay. Let's just go. And there's some other stuff I want to get into, but we'll we'll do this for for fun.
0: For, for a little bit, okay. For funsies. Um, my top one is Data. Uh,
1: he's on my list. He got a... Yeah. You're going to do D-double. robotics. You're going
0: to... See,
1: we're going to get there eventually, but like the ethics yeah. of, of robotics and synthetic life forms are is going to come up. And Data exemplifies that in that uh, particular episode where... Yeah. They go into that investigation to try and that trial or tribunal to try to decide if he belongs to Starfleet as, uh, you know, mm-hmm. its intellectual property or if his sentience has granted him uh, his own existence.
0: Yeah. There's so many things that I love about the character of Data. And part of it is that childlike learning. Like anytime Spot would do something different or he picked up a new skill, I really appreciated that representation of him and just how easily accepted he was by so many people on the starship enterprise i've written my next
1: poem in honor of my cat i call it ode to spot felis catus is your taxonomic nomenclature an endothermic quadruped carnivorous by nature your visual olfactory and auditory senses contribute to your hunting skills and natural defenses I find myself intrigued by your subvocal oscillations, a singular development of cat communications that obviates your basic hedonistic predilection for a rhythmic stroking of your fur
0: to demonstrate affection. A tail is quite essential for your acrobatic talents. You would not be so agile if you lacked its counterbalance. And when
1: not being utilized to aid in locomotion, it often serves to illustrate the state of your emotion. With the exception of Dr. Pulaski.
0: Yes. But like, and that's the thing is there's always going to be someone who's like, nah, I don't like it. And so I, yeah, that whole dynamic of data was something I found really intriguing.
1: Yeah. Um, I think in some ways data even seems outdated now uh, where we are with robotics and stuff. Uh, data, data feels like, well, we could probably make a robot that seems like that sort of now-ish. I yeah. don't know.
2: He just well, seems probably, retro. Yeah. Re-
1: yeah. I'm not saying we have that sort of sentient AI, but he just seems a little bit uh, a little bit 80s, which I guess he is.
0: I mean, he is kind of from the 80s, but yep. you know, I get what you're saying that when you look at him, you're like, that's not what a cyborg looks like. But maybe if Data was just updated with like a better haircut and newer clothes, he'd be a little more <laughs> well, fresh and fly. Well, we are going
1: to see lore in this season of Picard, so yeah. uh, we'll get to see what an aging... an aging positronic robot gets to be. I'm going to define cyborg just for anyone listening because cyborg is a portmanteau of cybernetic and organism. Uh, So it's a being with both organic and biomechatronic body parts. So not technically a robot. It's usually, it's more like a human with like a artificial heart or something or a pacemaker. Mm -hmm. It's closer to a cyborg or a robotic hand.
0: Kind of like the Borg
1: a little bit. Uh, very much the Borg. They are the Borg. Yeah, we are the Borg. Resistance.
0: We is are going futile. to be the Borg. Yeah.
1: We well, that's the thing. Is uh, this is one of the big, fascinating parts of robotics and AI for me? Is the sort of two branches that uh, I imagine humanity could take at some point. Uh, we'll get back into favorite characters here. I'll just go on a yeah. little tangent. But uh, you know, we either enhance ourselves via medical technology and cybernetics to a point of uh, you know, a new form of human, uh, humanity, or we end up in a place where robotics become so advanced that we lose our need for our, our meat shells. And we end Uh up uploading our brains into forever robot gods who then travel back in time to Greece and create myths about ourselves.
0: And not kill Hitler, apparently either. Apparently (laughs) none of us do it. But therein lies like basically the whole basis of Battlestar Galactica. And I was hoping to maybe like, did you ever watch Caprica?
1: Uh, yeah, I did, but, yeah. uh, but so, I think I was Battlestar galactica Doubt out at that point. I I, I remember I, tuning out pretty hard.
0: I, I, well, I really wanted to like Caprica, and I liked the premise of it, and I think I was just really busy and just never got around to watching the show. But um, the first couple episodes I thought were very interesting because that's the whole premise, is that a person's family member dies in a really horrific way, but because of her online um, profiles and social medias and things like that, They're able to create this AI brain and put it into a quote unquote Cylon. And she has sent, like, she becomes aware. And so the question is is she really the daughter, or is she a completely different person, or is she nothing at all? And the whole premise then comes to to life. And then you see how Caprica goes about, and then how Battlestar Galactica comes about. It's just, I love the idea of it. I don't think it was executed super well, but super, super interesting things to think about.
1: I mean, this is already happening. Like we're looking at certain social media platforms right now that are uh, arguing that they can create sort of AI versions of people that have lived, uh, approximating mm-hmm. them via uh, their social media posts and their online presence, and that that, and uh, from what I've read, it's being positioned as if it's sort of like this living. Headstone for the person that you love so that, yeah. you know, instead of going and talking to a rock, you can talk to this, I don't know, ghost that comes back and, yeah. and can communicate with you and has some sort of back and forth. And that seems like we're getting into the moral stuff that I don't want to do. What I will do yeah. is take Caprica as a way to get into my very favorite robot of all time, okay. which is Astro Boy.
0: Of course, uh, That's yes. one
1: Adam, uh, Osama Tezaku. Uh, absolutely my favorite robot, my first robot. And he is created for that same reason. Uh, The professor's son, Toby, is killed Mm -hmm. uh, and he, stricken with grief, tries to recreate his son and ends up with a robot that isn't his son and is so imperfect in its recreation of his son that it maddens him and he sends it away. And Mm -hmm. there's a big sort of underlying current in that work about that trying to reconcile with each other. Yeah. about being discarded after being born and and uh, yeah it's it's what it's it's fascinating
0: That's a good pick. Yeah, I never I I didn't even think of Astro Boy, but now that you say it it's such a perfect pick.
1: And it's got such a dope theme song. Soaring high in the sky He may be small but only in size Astro Boy Astro Boy Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Who's next on your favorite robots?
0: That's a wonderful one. So maybe this is a good pick because I'm going to pick the, like, antithesis of that. Okay. And so one of my my top favorite robots is Bender from Futurama. <laughs> all right. Who is, like, everything, like, a robot is, or, like, this autonomous creature being is supposed to be perfect and complete all these tasks. And Bender is not perfect. He's a shitty, shitty, terrible being who mm-hmm. is good at one thing and one... Well, actually, no, he's good at drinking beer, being horrible, and bending things. And... I just I mm-hmm. love.
1: And he's good technically at bending <laughs> <and> he- <laughs> things but uh not even good as doing that as a robot as no. a job. He's unable to perform exactly. that functionally.
0: I never meant to hurt you just to destroy everything you ever believed in. Yeah, and so I I love I love Bender. I think that he is just the worst but also that's what makes him the best. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Bender is fascinating as a sort of example of like if we have uh, AI programs coupled with robotics that are going to become sort of sentient life forms on their own, they have every potential to end up just as worthless as we are.
0: Well, and so you, uh, I think in the news lately they've been talking about in
1: either a benign or actively violent way.
0: But think about like all the like the chat bots that are out there and how mean mm-hmm. they are. And I feel like Bender—it was a joke at the time, but I think if there were to be AI out there, they would probably have the personality of Bender because they've taken all of the internet, which as we know is terrible. And they've formed a personality off of the worst of like the Reddit comments. Mm -hmm. Your your personality is going to be a chain smoking, beer guzzling asshole.
1: Right. And that's the the qualm. One of the difficulties I suppose is uh, how are you supposed to create a being that is more perfect than yourself when you are (laughs) yourself imperfect and if humans suck so much why do we expect an AI to come along exactly and be more rational and save yep. us um I don't, I don't have an answer to that imperfect robots though I am mm-hmm. going to go to my next favorite from that one which is Inspector Gadget uh could be argued that Inspector Gadget is a cyborg yeah I think given the amount of things that pop out of that dude he cannot be very organic if at all I and mean,
0: yeah, I mean, he's got, like, nothing. In, anytime he would open his shirt it's and cavern. have, like, it's a cavern. It's like yeah. Mary Poppins' bag in there.
1: He's got a helicopter somewhere in there, I roller know. skates. <laughs> uh, another favorite, um, very Inspector Clouseau, uh, you know, yeah. Pink Panther. Um, and, and fun because all of this technology has gone into this this imperfect robot, and they are just a bumbling idiot as well. They can't solve crime. And they need a, uh, a super intelligent niece and a, uh, a weird dog to solve everything <laughs> for them and save them constantly. Uh, and then in true, you know, white dude fashion, take all the credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I love Inspector Gadget. I, I love me a dopey inspector. And if you don't mind me going off of my own, I'm going to go to my third real quick just because yeah. they're connected, uh, which is the uh, robot detective Perot from metropolis the anime
2: not metropolis
1: the movie which is a precursor to metropolis the anime but uh yeah perot is is a sort of a bit character in there uh another one of those like sentient sort of robots that gets treated like shit by humans um Mm -hmm. and that's a big recurring theme in metropolis but uh perot is great just because you know they're named for detective perot inspector perot or whatever uh Uh, and, and just a striking, cool, uh, visual for me personally, I've, I've always loved it. Uh, I ended up doing a comic, a short comic with a friend of the show, Jason Memel, uh, our, our dungeon master Mm -hmm. in, in one of his anthologies called fight comics. And we did a short little robotic story. Uh, and I got to design a character that was sort of inspired by, uh, Perot in, in, in at least some markings and stuff like that. And it's a, it's a fun story because this person falls in love with the robot and then it's assumed that that's uh, a shameful thing in this society and then ends up murdering himself and the robot to, uh, deal with mm. the issue. Uh, I had fun working on that.
0: I, I think that that's a great pick. Like I love Metropolis. Ah, such a fun movie. Period, and it's the so. Samatazaka again. Uh, yeah. Cause Oh, yeah. I mean, like, we should just do a Metropolis episode because I could talk about it forever. Yeah. So, yes. Excellent choice. What Wonderful. Um, I'm going to go with Wally. Wally. Wow. That was really Thank good. You. Thank you. very much. I, I, I love that movie because... It's art. It's gorgeous. It is. Even, like, the, the soundtrack of that movie is just so on point. Like, how it starts with... Out there a world outside of yonkers way out there beyond this
2: hick town barnaby there's a slick town barnaby
1: i actually just posted on our instagram uh somebody (laughs) i was asking uh, you know people on the insta who who their favorite robots were and somebody said wally so i posted that song with it
0: yes listen barnaby Sunday clothes But so on your Sunday clothes. Yeah. It's everything about that movie I love because um, you don't have to speak English to understand the premise of
1: WALL-E. And the initial like two-thirds of the film.
0: Yeah, like most of the film is completely without words and you, you don't need it. And I love the idea of this little robot that is still kicking because like I have an iPod that's still working its way through all my like 10,000 songs or whatever. And it's just, he's kicking around doing his job and he doesn't know that he's alone until he realizes he was alone. No. And then he falls deeply in love. And I love that premise. There's um one of Douglas Adams's books. Um, There's a line that's basically like, they never knew that they were alone because they didn't know there was a different way to be. God, I love Douglas Adams. And I thought that was such like a...
1: Pr- Have we not done Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? We though?
0: haven't, but we should. Uh,
1: we absolutely need to in all its iterations. I love it.
0: Oh, yeah. So it's it's just so poignant and beautiful and talking about how technology can be used to help society instead of hindering it, making it worse. Mm-hmm. And it to me, it just shows that there's always a way back. And when things, people are like, oh, there's no hope for global warming. People are horrible. Like, yeah, but maybe not. And so I think that movie um, and the character of Wally is just, it's so peaceful and inherently good. And so I love the, love it.
1: Or maybe, you know, our, 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 whether or not we deserve to exist is something beyond sort of you know the value of our worst attributes Mm -hmm. and and we deserve a chance to to be better and to get better whichever portion of us can do that yeah yeah which uh so your hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy is great because if you don't mind my last one here is uh for favorites oh second last one is uh marvin the paranoid android
0: yeah Awesome. I'm not getting you down at all, am I? No, no, Marvin. That's just fine, really. I wouldn't like to think I was getting you down. No, don't you worry about
2: that. You just act as comes naturally and everything will be fine.
0: You're sure you don't mind? No, no, it's all just part of life. Life? Don't talk to me about life.
1: I think we have a recurring theme here: is sort of these <laughs>
0: sh-
1: robots that are t- longing to be human or are yeah. absolutely human in some fallible ways. Yeah. Uh, and that's a great thing about fiction, isn't it? Uh, oh, yeah. Is taking non-human characters, but they're so human, and that's what makes them so wonderful and so relatable.
0: Yeah,
1: 100%. But Marvin's just great. Why would you not want a paranoid <laughs> android who's depressed and <laughs> represents the sort of state of mind of modern humanity
0: he everything about the character I, even from the movie when voiced by alan rickman is just so perfect mm. to the point that when oh, i point. reread the books i just hear alan rickman in my head now mm. i yeah god bless you rickman
1: rickman basically supplanted every every everyone else in even in the bbc radio dramas which i know oh, is rude yeah. and unkind um but that is the voice i hear now as well
0: yeah thing you ought to know, I'm feeling very depressed.
1: well, we have something that should take your mind off things. It won't work. <laughs> I have an exceptionally large mind. Do you have any more on your your best of your favorites?
0: I have two more, but they're hundred okay. percent in line with what you just said that they're they're not robots that are good hmm but I love them. Um, so my second last pick is K2SO from Star Wars oh. as voiced by Alan T- I always say his last name wrong. Tiddick? I call him Tidick, and I'm not going to apologize. Tudick. I'm going with that one, who is an incredibly gifted actor, incredibly gifted voice actor. Sure,
1: everyone knows him from Firefly as The Amazing Wash and yep. the Once Upon... I guess, from Spoilers. Spoilers! rip wash
0: uh from night's tale hm? oh
1: yes yes good poll.
0: yes uh absolutely love the actor but i i found um k2so just like a dank and arrogant and judgmental and difficult to work with and like everything that you don't want a robot to be i'll
1: always be there for you because he said i had to
0: yeah right so i i just love that care and i also love
1: and then the sacrifice the
0: the look of it oh yeah well and that's what i mean about like he he eventually did fulfill his quote-unquote purpose was to help out the humans that he was working with and he sacrificed himself which is such a human trait climb
1: climb you can still send the plans to the fleet. If they open the shield gate,
0: you can, can broadcast from the tower. Locking the bolt door now. Goodbye.
1: It's taking me so much work not to get into droids already. <laughs> we need to wait until at least after okay. the break to get into the unfair treatment of droids in yes. the Star Wars universe. But, but
0: so, so that's my, my second last pick.
1: Okay, my very last this time is Prince Robot 4 from the comic Saga.
0: Oh, of course.
1: Prince Robot 4 is a fascinating robot uh, with a TV for a head yes. that can shapeshift in some capacity. It's not completely defined how, um, but is, again, this human character, uh, which uh, I'm just going to give my wife and partner Fiona Staples a huge shout-out for how she has acted this character throughout the entire series of saga. This dude does not have a face and yet emotes so strongly Mm -hmm. thanks to her work and and thanks to Brian's writing, obviously. Uh, But just, you know, he's just such a fascinating character who goes through a wild arc. Uh, We get to see his trauma and past as well. And just sort of, the end goal of robotics, I guess, or the the one of the possible endpoints of robotics, which is just like indecipherable from humans as far as the programming goes, mm-hmm. if not the physical nature. Uh, hmm. And so, one of my
0: favorites. Oh crap! I feel like I no, I have two Did last you forget ones. Your last one? I was like, <laughs> I don't know which one to pick. Well, okay, Re- really, really quick, go because I already go. mentioned it to you via text. Rosie from the Jetsons
2: will you rosie yes ma'am thank you ma'am good night ma'am
1: right oh there's a conversation to be had about rosie we can save it
2: we're gonna we're
0: gonna talk about rosie in a bit but then the other one is glados glad oh GLa- yeah
1: good pick. hello
0: right from the
1: cake is a lie
0: so good and like the the captivating. voice captivating captivating like
1: and just Villainously unhinged,
0: oh, so psychotic and evil and beautiful and like just so,
1: yeah, clean. and I don't mean psychotic as in no. a like shorthand pejorative. I mean, like this, sentience is left alone for so long that they go mad. Literally mad uh, without an ability to connect with other people. And
0: like, I just, I loved like the Portal games were beautiful. They're so beautiful. They're incredible. I wish that I could like erase my memory and play them again because they were just so Mm -hmm. wonderful. But part of the games were because of GLaDOS. Just like amazing. Mm, Absolutely, yes. Yes.
1: Here's an interesting fact. You're not breathing real air. It's too expensive to pump this far down. We just take carbon dioxide out of a room, freshen it up a little, and pump it back in. So you'll be breathing the same room full of air for the rest of your life. I thought that was interesting.
0: So those are, yeah, th- that's the list. Boom.
1: It's a good list. We did it. Uh, let's, we did it. Let's do our little mid-show thing and go to Who's, who's That Pokemon?
0: na 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 Who's That Pokemon? I've got one for you. Do you have one picked oh, no, out? I'm
1: so excited that you have one.
0: Okay. I have one. Go. Okay. I never win. You always win. No, I don't. I did not get the last okay. one All that right. we did with uh, our wonderful chess episode. Okay. Um. Okay. So the silhouette is a line mm-hmm. with an arc mm-hmm. over top of the line. And then on either side of the arc are two, let's say, little triangles. Mm. That is the silhouette. Is this a real Pokemon
1: or a not real Pokemon?
0: It is is not a real Pokemon.
1: Okay, I'm going to assume it has something to do with robotics since that's what we're talking about.
0: Yes, that is a good guess. Okay, so
1: we've got a half circle, you're saying, with two little duck ducks sticking out of it? Yep. The Brave Little Toaster?
0: (laughs) No, but excellent guess. Wonderful.
1: Silhouette. I don't... Brave Little Toaster isn't necessarily a robot, but, you know.
0: It was a sentient machine.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... Robot, um, boy, I'm having trouble with this one. Now. I've got nothing else. Okay, wait. Do the solo again.
0: Okay, bottom. Uh
1: huh.
0: Arc. Uh huh. Doo do. Finish the arc.
1: Okay, so it starts flat, arcs up, and then the doo doos come there.
0: Yeah. And then finish the arc. Yeah.
1: Huh. Hundred percent. I need a, I, You got to give me some sort of little hint. Uh, maybe fill in some of the inside for me or something.
0: Um, in the inside of this creature Mm -hmm. being bot machine. There's an oval, basically like a dick, like (laughs) an oval and then circles.
1: Huh. Can't think of any dick bots. Is it, is it robot devil? Robot Satan? No, but that's
0: an, that's an excellent guess. I do love robot Satan.
1: Robot Satan from, from Futurama? No.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Amazing.
1: Oh, that episode where he, Fender gets his hands as wild,
0: and he be he has to fight. He has to fiddle against this. Yeah, yeah, the, the devil I went that down one. to Georgia. That's a great episode, but no, not.
1: It's got to be inspired by that song, right?
0: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay.
1: They just don't play that no. song, so you know,
2: we will. The devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. Um, he came
1: across okay, Satan, it is not the man on a
0: Robot phone. Satan. Okay.
1: All right, it's not Brave Little Toaster. It's not Robot Satan. I am, I think the more you do the silhouette with your fingers, the harder it is for me to understand what it is.
0: Would you like another hint?
1: One more hint. Enough. if I can't get it, I'll throw in the towel
0: the the idea of this thing was very popular in the late 90s early 2000s furby yes it's a furby it's a na, 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 na. okay i needed a lot of help but i still feel proud of myself <laughs> <laughs> Furby. <laughs> those things were terrifying in the middle that my sister and i each had one and in the middle mm-hmm. of the night they would just be like and you would be dead asleep and you're like this is yeah. it this is how i go
1: does this not harken back to uh, when we had guest uh, Laura O'Connor on, and she talked about, what was it, an elf doll? Yes. speaking, sp- Yeah, the elf doll that started talking in the middle of the night.
2: Absolutely, yeah. So I'm like cleaning my room, and I'm tossing toys off the shelf, and I toss my talking elf doll, and he hits something, and he says, let's go check out the fridge. But he doesn't say it like elf. He says it like, let's go check out the fridge. And I lose my mind and I run and I get my dad and he proceeds to reenact the scariest part of that movie where he checks the batteries. So he picks up the talking elf doll. I'm running around my bedroom screaming my head off because I was like, no, no, no. And he's like, opens it and he's like, Laura, how many times did I tell you? Don't leave batteries in dolls. It's melted. And he closes it. Like, the battery had, like, exploded and partially melted in the back of the doll. So he just puts it down, shakes his head, walks away. And I was like, oh, my God. And then I scarily put it back on the shelf. And then a couple of, like, weeks, months later, in the middle of the night, something hits me. And I wake up. It was that doll. It fell off the shelf. and hit me in the face.
1: Uh terrifying uh you know what always freaked me out was the like animatronic teddy rock spin oh, from, yes! from back in the day oh
0: my god and it yes. was always at the end
1: of the cartoon segment and i was like nah i don't want to see you ever 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 in real life like,
0: but buy this toy children it'll come alive and eat your skin <laughs>
1: i it was wildly uninterested in having that teddy Roxpin toy
0: yes they are they've made them
1: worse Da-na-na-na-na. it's furby uh they're even scarier now oh. they have like yeah they have these big screens for eyes instead of the animatronic eyes and these the screens are just like pixel pixel screens and do all sorts of weird shit now
0: god not a good not a good look furby no
1: did you ever see that episode of Black Mirror where like the mother gets stuck inside the like, teddy bear or whatever and then...
0: No, I never watched Black Mirror. I think we watched one episode and I was just like, too much. I mean, this is
1: all that wheelhouse if you're ever interested. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's it's a little intense. A person's mind gets downloaded into a robot teddy bear at some point mm-hmm. and they're unable to communicate or do anything and they're trapped there in a living hell. I think
0: that we watched the episode with like Bryce Dallas where everybody gets voted. Like your every interaction mm-hmm. you have you can like rate it and she becomes obsessed mm-hmm. with it and then if you don't have a rating you can like go to jail or something. And for whatever yeah. reason it disturbed me so much that I was like I can't I can't watch this show anymore. <laughs>
1: Well, we had fun with our best yep. robots. Uh, I would like to do worst and or sexiest at some point, but there's some some other things I want to talk about. And I think we just got there a little bit with Black Mirror, yep. which is some of the ethics and morality of of robotics and, and what's possible mm-hmm. and what comes next. Um, what's your greatest fear with robotics?
0: Did you ever watch the Animatrix? Yes. Okay, so there was... For for folks that aren't aware, when the Matrix first came out, it was so popular that they released this um, DVD, which was a CD that had movies on it. Young people, don't explain um, DVDs. <laughs> but it you can't. <laughs> it was it came with um, a DVD of like short films and a soundtrack, really really good. But one of the short films on the Animatrix was the like I guess you could say like a slot like a a documentary of how they got to the point of the matrix. And one of the first things was the first documented murder, like intentional murder that a cyborg committed against a human. And I remember Mm. being like, that's going to happen. Like that disturbed me so much because I thought, of course that's going to happen one day. And that's why we have to thank our phones every time they tell us what time it is or tell (laughs) us directions. This is exactly what I wanted
1: to talk about. Do you say thank you to Siri? Every
0: time. And one time I I swore. I never used to. I used to be
1: a little curt with her.
0: I swore at her once and she said, that's not nice. And I went, you're right. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. uh, We need to play nice with our possible future overlords.
0: (laughs) I love you, Siri. You're the best. We'll either
1: become part of you or you will take over. Um, No, this is uh, like we're getting into iRobot territory Yeah. you know, the book, not necessarily the movie with Will Smith, Mm -hmm. but, and the three laws of robotics. Asimov. Do you remember what they are? I feel like this is a fun time for a pop quiz for Lexi, the teacher.
0: I probably don't, but let's see if I can remember because now I get to think about Blade Runner, which is one of my most favorite things to think about. Um, no, I don't remember anything. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> blade runner is great none of them like they're not my favorite robots uh no. oh there's a great so- there's a real like this is a good episode to come right after that chess episode because chess features heavily in uh in in blade runner that's how they yeah trick that creator guy into letting them come up was with that like bold chess move
0: mm-hmm.
1: um that the reploids pull via that weird guy <laughs> A description of that movie, right?
0: Thanks for listening, folks. We just talk about things that no one understands. You know the guy with the stuff.
1: Yeah, we talk around with them. You aren't specific. Okay, number one. A robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm. Mm-hmm. A robot must obey orders given it by human beings except where such orders would conflict with the first law. And three, a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. Now, there's all sorts of easily poked holes in these laws, but the idea is that we have to strap these AI robot sentience individuals down before they take over or hurt (laughs) us uh, via incontrovable Whoa, did not do that word right. Incontravenable, uh, you know, magic lawyering inside their circuitry that stops them from killing us.
0: Programming. I think the word you're looking for is programming. No, I'm pretty sure I said it the way I meant to.
1: Magic robot. I know what I
0: said. Internal
1: wording stuff.
0: <laughs> the wizard that lives in their head.
1: <laughs> yeah, the little one then. Flings around the magic words and does the stuff. Uh the blue fairy, I think.
0: Oh yeah, the blue fairy. There we go.
1: <laughs> Quick side side road again here. Uh AI, the movie mm-hmm. with Haley Jo Osmond yeah. where
0: So sad. You know, oh, so it's so sad. sad. But then
1: like meets the blue fairy in the future. Yes.
0: Well, the alien, but yeah. Spoiler yeah, alert. But it's
1: <laughs> for a movie. <laughs> From twenty years ago, um, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting take. And eventually, the AI is granted the humanity that humanity would not give to it, by which a again, non-human. Yeah, I, it's it's all there, isn't it?
0: It's it really is that like you you have this robot child that you're deeply creeped out by. I never want Yeah,
1: so is our greatest fear yes. that they achieve sentience or is that also our greatest dream? Is like is it our greatest fear that they kill us all off or is that our greatest dream that they kill us all off after surpassing us and becoming better?
0: Kind of thing. are we
1: just so deeply flawed that we don't want to exist anymore and we want someone else to take over?
0: But isn't that like I respectfully, isn't that parenting that like you you reproduce <laughs> so that one day your your offspring can replace you? And uh, part of that is the knowing that you will one day be replaced. So, is that just like inherent human nature?
1: No, 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 no. My <laughs> my my point in having children was so that I could live forever. Uh, they would pursue the dreams I couldn't accomplish in my short lifespan. Gotcha. And carry good. on my name. Ah, yes. Immortality, which we're getting there. robotics are in in theory. Uh, yeah, we're we're supposed to find some sort of. Uh, I mean it sounds like sci-fi, but it's really more science, you know, just literally science at yeah. this point, uh, regenerative medicine, robotics. Are you familiar with Ray Kurzweil or Kurzweil? No. Uh, he's a futurist, uh, and sort of like, uh, a uh, guy that makes a lot of futuristic predictions and stuff like that. And has claimed to like have accurately, um, basically he coined a term or, or popularized a term called like transcendence, uh, about, and also, um, oh God, I'm blanking on the term now, technological. Mm. It's when technology basically starts advancing so rapidly and takes over in its own advancement that it just shoots up suddenly and is so far beyond us that we can't even hope to keep up with it. The technological singularity, which is uh, a hypothetical future point in time uh, at which technological uh, technological growth becomes uncontrollable and irreversible, resulting in unforeseeable changes to human civilization. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, uh, an AI explosion where they become sentient and, you know, do something that we are unable to predict, uh, or possibly also just the advancement of human, te- uh, of technology to a point where humans become technology and, uh, and, you know, we can't separate the ideas of those and we become, you know, immortal beings for all time.
0: That's kind of that's kind of pretty.
1: It is pretty. I've always found that fascinating. I, uh, you know, it's a combination of different aspects of of technology and robotics. That's all. That's what just that's where I'm at with
0: that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you not spend a, like all your days thinking about this, like I do? Uh,
0: I spend a lot of days thinking about. I'm really excited for the, when I don't have to drive myself to work, so that I can like spend a couple extra minutes, like reading or doing my makeup in the car or something yeah. instead of having to like drive
1: it's totally the same for me i'm i'm really looking forward to the day where i don't have to die uh <laughs> and can just exist forever and see the future and and what happens uh and uh you know robotics and technology are uh, i guess the closest uh, the closest i feel like we're going to get to doing that
0: oh absolutely so is this a good segue into talk about how much you hate the way that robots are treated in the Star Wars universe?
1: I mean, you saying that is the segue. <laughs> it's good enough. Let's keep going.
0: Let's do it. And I asked
1: you to keep me on topic, and I'm just waxing We're about how it. I don't want to die and I'm scared of mortality. No
0: robots, scary robots. We're talking robots. about that.
1: Droids. Droids are treated po- poorly. They're sentient, like you agree, Yo, right? Absolutely. Droids in in the Star Wars universe, are sentient, and so they're just
0: horribly treated. With
1: that as a given, there's there's I'm sure we've talked about this yes. before, but there's no. Like there's no excuse for the way that they are treated, and it's just completely unaddressed, with the exception of completely underrated Star Wars film Solo. Yes, I know you uh, love it. L three three seven. Basically, my fa- Like I like a lot about it. I like the banality of the Empire there, and like that kind of evil that asks for papers in a in a transportation hub <laughs> and won't let you through, and separates you from your family because you don't have the right documents. Like that's the kind of evil that we understand yeah. uh, right now. Um, but yeah, also the uprising of the robots, the L three three seven, and then just the fucking dismal fate that befalls her mm-hmm. after she is shut down, shot down in her distraction slash revolution. Her her brain is used to power the Millennium Falcon, and we're supposed to see that as something other than completely dystopian and awful for <laughs> as an ending for this person. <laughs> they don't get to. They don't get to die like a human. They they get their pieces repurposed as a processor for a ship. Like, just think of of it not being like a computer pack that gets used that way. It's, you know, Han Solo gets shot and to save him, they take his brain and use it to power a computer. Like, it's fucked up. <laughs> but you do that to a sentient droid and apparently it's fine.
0: <laughs> the, the way that you're talking about, um, like, the robot uprising right now, all I can think of is there's an episode in Futurama called Mother's Day. Did you ever watch that one where it's specifically about, so mom makes all the robots and Mm -hmm. for Mother's Day, they all go get her a card. And then Mm -hmm. she uses that opportunity to turn the robots against um, society and they break it down. (laughs) I just love it because there's a Mother's Day card that has like a little um, automated voice, like happy Mother's Day. And then it says something about like, Bring down the bourgeoisie, yeah. my because my comrades. The,
1: <laughs> the, the so robotic funny. card goes sentient and demands <laughs> <Yes>. its freedom.
0: <laughs> and it's so, but, but it's also a point about like everything is automated. And so if you were to actually have like a robot uprising, like your life is done. Like nothing, everything. everything, like even your stupid Mother's Day card has yeah. some ability and power to bite you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to bite you specifically. <laughs> um, since we're in morality, like you watch Voyager, obviously.
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. Uh so the doctor gets a moment not yeah. uh oh. dislike what happens with data and it does not go as well. Um, the doctor does not get the definitive personhood that they're looking for. And then we just never deal with that again yeah. in the entirety of Star Trek Back up until go. now. <laughs> Uh we have no and like people since Star Trek came back with Discovery, rest in peace. Uh people in online forums that I've been reading have been clamoring about like, okay, but what the fuck happened to holograms? Like yes. we just have not dealt with this. Um they were everywhere at one point. And then you get into Discovery and uh there are ostensibly, um, what's his face? Cronenberg uh. is playing like a like a a, a hologram at some point. Or he just isn't there physically. I'm not sure what the case actually is with his character. Mm. Uh, it's just interesting. So solid light holograms, robot or not? Not. No? You don't think so? I don't think so. If AI can drive a robot and be, you oh. know, an, so like AI is what's driving data, but AI is also
0: what's driving the doctor. No, you're right, because then that there's also like in Blade Runner... Um, like mm-hmm. the the sequel, the remake, the sequel to whatever the hell is called with Ryan Gosling. There's yeah. like his companion who's also a cyborg, but she also has some sentience to her. So maybe you know what? I take that back. Yeah, sentient AI. I'm I'm saying. Well,
1: that's the thing. If AI is the mind, if yeah. that is the spark of consciousness that makes then them exist, that's the
0: physical. Then the physical representation, yeah, the physical yeah. form,
1: isn't as important.
0: Yeah. Okay, I, I take it back, yes. the it, In those capacities, yes. But then I also have issues like when people are like, oh, it's Tupac's hologram. What if Tupac didn't want to fucking play that show and you made him? And I don't like that. So when people are like, we're going to bring back with like technology, having like mm-hmm, Elvis come back mm-hmm. to life to be in movies. Walt
1: Disney has just started showing yes, up at Disney World.
0: I don't like that.
1: See, those are different in my estimation, like, I'm not saying that ethically that's cool. Uh, His estate, obviously, their estates get the the say over what happens with their deceased family member's personage. But at this point, those aren't being run by advanced AIs that could be even confused for sentient, which I think...
0: Like, do you think that's going to start becoming part of people's wills? Like, I do not consent for my representation to be put into. Absolutely. Yes. Right. Yeah. It, it has to be.
1: Absolutely. Yes. I just had a conversation uh, this past week with, a uh, uh, with somebody that was helping deal with estate planning and it's like, nobody's dealing with this yet, but I want to tell you two to, to like, look at this and deal with this. But what happens to your online presence when you're gone? What happens to your, yeah. your digital assets, if you will? Yeah. And that is something that we have to start writing into wills.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Are my children going to be allowed to reanimate my wife or using, you know, AI-generated art, like fucking Dali or whatever that else is going on now? Yeah. Are they able to, like, make Saga 2 electric boogaloo <laughs> with representative art of her work, like, stylized of her work, like, but via AI?
0: So if there is... And I think
1: we're going to write fucking no, but we'll see because Fiona finds AI art stuff, uh, she, she views it less less black and white or, or all in as some people like she appreciates it as a tool Mm. for certain creative pursuits, but not for supplanting illustrators or to be fed and created, uh, via illustrators that aren't being compensated.
0: Uh, I think you absolutely should encourage Fiona and Brian to do saga Two: electric boogaloo, because I mean, it's the greatest title of all time. Yeah. That has to happen.
1: I'll put it in their ear. (laughs) I'm sure they'll they'll take that suggestion. Trademark. (laughs) I don't think we can TM something that somebody else already has TM'd. Um, But our saga is actually pronounced Sega, so it's okay, right?
0: (laughs) Sega. No. Do you not
1: remember that tune? No. Oh, when you'd start a Sega Genesis system, it would do that tone, or on the end of Sega commercials.
0: I wasn't allowed to have a Sega, right? Of course. We only were allowed the Nintendo, and then my mom panicked that she even bought us that. And so when I asked for a Sega, she was like, "No, absolutely not. No Sega.
1: No. Say it, Sega. Sega. It's another ad. Yeah,
0: I've I've seen that ad, but uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyway, there we go. Sega do what Nintendo don't. What Nintendo don't. Also, Saga. Read Saga. It's a great comic. There you go. I'm biased, (laughs) but still. Uh, do we have anything else you want to say about robots? Did we stay on topic enough? Have we meandered too much?
0: I think we're good, but maybe let's wind it down by each picking like one or two of the scariest robots from pop culture. I feel like that's a mm. good note to end on.
1: Okay. I don't know if this is necessarily scariest for me, but I'm going to go with like one of the worst robots, I think. Mm-hmm. If that's okay. Do it. The T-1000. Oh,
0: okay.
1: I think it is one of the stupidest robots to ever <laughs> exist. This creature is supposed to be liquid metal. <laughs> And the best it can do is be a human.
0: i <laughs> would <laughs> be a dinosaur.
1: It's trying to chase down, you know, uh, John Connor and, and Terminator when they're escaping, uh, in on that him, one scene, on and he's running and he's like, I just, I'm going to run faster. I'm not going to transform into like a cheetah or a bird or something. I'm just going to desperately try it and then transform my arms into golf clubs that I can smash the window. With.
0: The golf coat, like that's a, that's a choice right there. <laughs> like why those?
1: Yeah. It proves that he was sentient.
0: <laughs> and maybe it just proves he had a sense of humor. Like I'm coming yeah. for you.
1: <laughs> Hole in one.
0: all right, <laughs> all right.
1: He should have he, yeah, t 1000 should have had whippy one liners Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. That would have made it a lot better. Uh who do you got? What's what's um, terrible? I'm gonna
0: so two robots but from the same universe. So I'm going with Ash oh. and David from the aliens universe. Oh. So alien um life forms that are so Ash, if we remember from early seasons. Synthesoids, like, I
1: think is what they're called. Synthesoids, the
0: yeah. So People didn't realize that Ash was um, a synthesoid and was really looking out for the best interests of the parent company. What was your special order? You read it. I thought it was clear. What was it?
2: Bring back life form. Priority one. All other priorities you rescinded. In a damn company. What about our lives, you son of a bitch? I repeat, all the priorities
0: are ascended. Same with David, was just so obsessed making sure that the the alien life forms were transported back at the, the cost of everyone and everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And kind of like we were talking about with GLaDOS, kind of goes a bit like Batty Cuckoo,
1: mm-hmm. just
0: being alone with this idea of perfect beings, that of the, um, the alien creature. When you wake up, we'll be at Aurangai 6. What do you think it's going to be like? I think if we are kind, it will be a kind world. I hope you're right. Sleep well. Yeah, same same universe, same umbrella, but those two, um, Ash and David.
1: Creepy, creepy. And we also get Bishop from that series, though. But Bishop is, is good. the embodiment of everything exactly. else that we've talked about, yeah. that sort of humanity. Good old Bishop,
0: and that's what I love about like the alien universe. I love robots. I love aliens. I love ladies with big flamethrowers.
1: Speaking of ladies that's with a- big flamethrowers, <laughs> do you have any uh, sexiest robots?
0: Um, hedonism <laughs> bot from Futurama. Yeah, my nipples. raw grapes on my nipples.
1: <laughs> Hedonism bot. Uh, so, what do you find sexy about Hedonism bot?
0: Just the confidence.
1: <laughs> you know what? They always say women love confidence. <laughs> and, and Hedonism bot's got it.
0: He's got a couch ready to go. He's always got like a glass of He's wine or something. always
1: reclined. <laughs> Just chill. Ready to Netflix and chill.
0: <laughs> I don't uh, know. Yeah. I, okay. How about this? I was recently looking at somebody has developed it's to support people that are dating long distance and it's a plugin for your phone and it's Mm -hmm. basically lips. And so you can kiss the lips on your phone. And the idea is that your partner has the other one. So it's like you're kissing them. So maybe it's a sexy app you can have for your phone.
1: Does it have a tongue?
0: I don't think it does.
1: Because I only kiss with tongue.
0: I'm going to send you a picture of it. I'll see if I can find it. I want to see that
1: shit. That's pornographic.
0: It's not pornographic, but it is weird.
1: Uh, My top two sexiest, Major Kusanagi from Ghost in the Shell and Cyber Six from the uh, series slash comic of the same name.
0: Excellent pick. I just Although
1: Cyber Six might be more of a cyborg. And Major Kusanagi is a human brain transplanted into a robotic body so also maybe cyborg not necessarily robot yeah that makes
0: i'm going sense. with hedonism
1: bot as well we got a daily
0: <laughs> Confidence.
1: <laughs> we're not going out on anything better than that <laughs> thanks for listening this has been dork matters we've dorked out about robotics uh hope you enjoyed listening and if you got any thoughts about robotics or want to correct us on any of the things we said inaccurately uh, you can find our email uh, on our show notes and our social and all that shit. And uh, we look forward to hearing your anger at what we've done wrong. <laughs> no. uh, until next time, I'm Ben Renko, your dad dork. And with me is Lexi Hunt, your Ed Dorkator. Until next time. Dork, 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 dork. dork boop, beep, boop. dork, dork,
0: dork, dork. Dork, dork.
1: Thanks for listening to Dork Matters. If you like the podcast, subscribe, give us a rating, and tell your friends about us.
0: If you are a fellow dork and have a dork issue that you think we need to discuss, tell us on our social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. You can also check out original art and other content from Ben and myself.
1: We'd like to say a big thank you to Yabra for the use of our theme song, Dance, off of their Astral EP, as well as a thank you to Jess Schmidt for producing and editing our podcast. Thanks, Jess. Dork Matters.
0: This podcast is created on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Nations, which includes the Siksika, the Begaini, and the Gaina. We also acknowledge the Stony Nakoda Nation, Sutena, and Métis Nation Region 3.